Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Wrap. It is the 28th of May, 2018. number of things in store for you today. We'll discuss the North Korean situation, what impact it has been having on the markets. We'll look towards Italy, where the politics is getting increasingly messy. And finally, we'll have a look at Turkey, a Turkey that is indeed being roasted. So the North Korean situation has moved back to the centre of market attention and was behind some of the weakness that we saw creeping in at the end of last week. So what's been going on? As I'm sure you're probably aware, this latest bout of volatility is due to the fact that President Trump has pulled out of this scheduled meeting with Kim Jong-un, which was set for the 12th of June in Singapore. Why did he do this? Well, in the letter sent to Kim, it said that this was about the recent aggressive tone coming from Pyongyang, and the last straw was probably related to the comments on Mike Pence, who Pyongyang referred to as being stupid. But this could also be about negotiation, about putting even more pressure on North Korea, and we can already see that this is working in the way that Pyongyang has reacted so far, which has been very conciliatory in tone. Over the weekend, it has made overtures to South Korea and made a number of statements wanting the negotiations to get back on track. Here are a couple of choice quotes. It said it's open to resolving problems at any time in any way. It wants to give time and opportunity for dialogue to work. And if we take a look at what the US has been saying, it is also clearly leaving the door open for more talks. So Trump's letter, for example, leads with the sentence that the meeting is inappropriate at this time. And there are also reports coming in over the last few hours that Trump is changing his mind and that dialogue is opening up again. So basically what we're saying here is that this summit is not dead. Also worth bearing in mind, and we'll reiterate what we've said numerous times over the last 12 months or so, is that the worst case scenario of all-out war is unlikely. If North Korea continues its brinkmanship and pushes for war, this will be suicide for the regime. And remember, Kim wants one thing and one thing only, and that's the preservation of his own regime. Well, if the US pushes, it puts at threat its entire alliance network in the region. And remember, this alliance network is as important as ever with the need to increasingly contain the rise of China. So bottom line, we are not overly concerned about the North Korean situation. Some form of compromise is still likely, and the worst is highly unlikely. Moving to Italy, the political situation is getting increasingly messy. The latest signs are that the coalition government agreement has failed, that the president has not sanctioned the coalition. And this was done due to the coalition's proposal of an unorthodox finance minister who should implement a populist economic platform. And looking at the things they wanted to implement, they all look rather silly, actually. The idea was to lower the retirement age quite significantly, to massively boost spending on welfare. There was even talk about universal basic income. And to top it all off, you should see wide-ranging tax cuts as well. You do not need to have a PhD in economics to realise that this would add massively to an already high deficit. And if we just take a rough estimate, if all this stuff were to have passed, the deficit would exceed 7% of GDP. 
And at the same time, Italy already has a huge debt mountain, more than 130% of GDP. Now, could they have grown their way out of this situation, as the coalition suggests? Well, this also looks highly unlikely. Remember, fundamentally, there are only two ways to grow an economy. You can increase the amount of labor, i.e. the inputs, or you can improve productivity. But their policy program was doing the exact opposite. By decreasing the retirement age, for example, you reduce the amount of labor available. And at the same time, by using the fiscal pumps again, you take away attention from the important structural reforms, which in turn are key to raising productivity growth. So these guys basically wanted to stage a massive bunga bunga party, but the problem for them is that the bond market has not and will not let them. You've seen spreads already widen, and important to remember is that high yields in Italy are very bad news. It hurts business confidence, this goes without saying, but more importantly, it will hurt the banks, and the banks hold a lot of this sovereign debt. And Italian banks, if they suffer even more, this can have large-scale ramifications for the economy as a whole. So what we have here is a typical case of market discipline coming to tame a populist economic program. In the short term, this is good for European risk assets and the euro, but the trouble is this uncertainty is not going to go away. The five star and the leg are not will aim to give it another go and could actually achieve even more support in a new election. So our thesis of political risk being alive and well in Europe is still valid, with news even that Spain is being dragged into problems too. And this remains one of the key reasons why we are underweight European equities also going forward. Finally, we need to have a few brief words about Turkey. It's not a huge market, it's not a huge economy, but the moves in recent weeks have been very violent. Stocks there have been getting killed, bonds have sold off, and most importantly, it looks as though the lira is simply in free fall. So what's the deal in Turkey? The first thing to note about Turkey in this context is that it runs a large current account deficit. And this means it relies heavily on foreign capital to fund its economy. In other words, confidence amongst foreign investors in Turkey is highly important to its economic fortunes. And this confidence has been massively damaged in recent months, indeed years, and investors are simply pulling their money out of Turkey. Part of the reason also is that yields are now higher in the US, but central to all of this is the political situation, which continues to deteriorate as Erdogan inches further and further towards dictatorship. He's clearly undermining a whole host of institutions in the country, most important of all for us being the central bank, which has been clearly politicized, lost independence, lost credibility with the markets. This is not good news. And as this confidence further erodes, more pain lies ahead for the lira. So we clearly have a bad situation in Turkey, which is likely to get worse before it gets better. But the good news is that this situation is not reflective what is going on in emerging markets as a whole. We don't see large current account deficits in Asia. We actually see strong sovereign balance sheets with plenty of foreign exchange reserves. We see little erosion of market institutions compared to what's going on in Turkey. And we see a growth outlook that remains favorable in emerging 
markets. They are still set to grow at higher growth rates than developed markets in the coming years. So basically what we're saying here is that Turkey does not change our current overweight position in emerging markets, both in the debt space, but also in the equity space. But with those words, I will leave you to it. Thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic week ahead. Please go to nodiaprivatebanking.com slash podcast dash disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast. Thank you.